0: Hi, I'm Melissa Ritz and this is Served, a podcast about female military veterans and their experiences in and out of uniform. Today I'm joined by a very special guest, Women's Army Corps veteran Sonia Reese. The Women's Army Corps, also known as WAC, WAC, was the women's branch of the United States Army. Sonia was recruited to the WACs in 1950 when she was 22 years old. She's now 92 years young and is thrilled to share her experiences. Sonia's a family friend, having known my great grandfather and grandfather while they were all stationed at Fort Lee in Virginia. Sonia, thank you so much for joining me. Let's start off by where you were born and where.
1: 1928 in
0: Brooklyn. And where would you like to start?
1: My first memory is living in the apartment with mom and dad in Bayside. With a big backyard, and it was the end apartment. So that was for five years. And that's, I guess, where I learned English, <laughs> because we always spoke Norwegian at home. Mother said I was born during the boom after the depression. And so Daddy got, he was turning the water off, you know, as an engineer of people who couldn't pay their water bills. He was miserable. So when he got an offer from a firm in, oh gosh, Risk Kodak, it's up in New York someplace, he jumped at it. And I guess they assumed that they couldn't afford to pay, to support three on his salary. So mother and I went to Norway to live with her mother in Oslo, and so Norwegian became my na- language. So this is from age five to probably almost seven. And then daddy got a job with the TVA in Knoxville. And so that was my the beginning of my American experience and mother taking me to school and my understanding English because she always read fairy tales to me in English, so I wouldn't lose the language, but we never spoke it. So when I came to school, (laughs) I was sort of this almost like a deaf mute. Uh, And then I remember first grade vividly because in School. Our uh, day began with they. Uh, she examined each child. You had to show your fingernails, so that, to make sure they were clean. You had to have a clean handkerchief. And then, did you sleep? Le- how did you sleep last night? And then they made a circle and said, "I slept around the clock." I agreed. Yes, I slept around the clock, but I had no clue what that meant. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, children pick up things so quick, quickly, and I certainly was no exception. But, you know, when you're surrounded by English, mm-hmm. you catch on pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. So I, I had a happy year in first grade.
0: So I'm going to fast forward you to where your military origin story began. Where did you go to college?
1: I went to the University of Tennessee. Anyway, I had a wonderful life At UT, during my senior year, a Colonel Johnson from the army came and gave us like a brainwashing introduction to the wax. And he was wonderful. And I thought, my gosh, I just have to sign up for two years. That sounds terrific. So my future was planned. My teachers, was, they were a little angry that I had joined the Army, the Women's Army Corps, which did not have a shining reputation at that time. But he was so convincing that I, you know, would enter the Army as a second lieutenant. Well, that was a, another dream come true.
0: And women were recruited for the WACs to assist with the war effort. What was your training like?
1: We we lived in a barracks and we were even though we were all everybody was a college graduate but we were all in the barracks and sort of treated like what we were students because we had they had to turn us into army people. Mhm. You know we were not they kept us undercover until they felt we were trained well enough to be released. <laughs> We went on bivouac, and and so we had to go to the bathroom. You know, we'd dig a trench, and then we'd put a sturdy branch across it. We'd sit on the branch and, you know, go to the bathroom in the ditch. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. But, you know, something like that is new and exciting, and unless you're terribly prissy. (laughs) which, uh, (laughs) fortunately, I wasn't. And everybody was very good-natured about it. I can't remember anybody grumbling. You know, we were all determined to succeed. I think that's what drove us also. And I'll give you one of the outstanding events that I'll never forget. You know, we were all in this together. We all were, you know, we were all college graduates. We knew what we wanted. We wanted to succeed and we were deathly afraid of washing out. So we studied and they had never, this was the first time for the wax. they had never had like an OCS before. So we were in this together, and they they loaded us with studies and homework more than we could handle. So somebody who had more guts than I went to one of the upstairs category rooms, hung the GI blankets over the windows, and we studied after hours, you know, on the QT.
0: <laughs>
1: Desk. Deathly afraid that we were going to be discovered, but well, so there we are, all cramming and trying to learn all this new stuff. And somebody says, "Ten!" We froze. We were petrified. We had been discovered. Gosh, I can't I'm shaking now because. You don't have to do that anymore. So, you know, but that was a, pretty, a memorable experience.
0: What was the reaction from the men at the time to see women in uniform?
1: Well, we never saw them. See, we were in a different part of Fort Lee. And we had our parade on the parade ground. And I don't even remember seeing any men there.
0: And what did your family think about you joining the military?
1: Well, I couldn't wait to go back to Tennessee to show off. By that time, I had bought a car. I drove up to Knoxville from uh, Fort Lee. I think everybody thought I was not only crazy, but wow, you know.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, no, I never felt any discrimination.
0: So you were officially a second lieutenant in the wax. What was your job?
1: Well, I had a platoon. So I was a platoon officer but and it was for Company L, which was the leadership company. So I got the cream of the recruits, which was what you know, that was another plus. I wanted a training Position because I'd been trained as a teacher, my under you know my undergraduate work. So, uh, and there I was teaching the recruits because they were in leaders course. They had been you know they had basic training, and these were the outstanding recruits who then were sort of graduated to Company L leaders course. Mm-hmm. So I had the cream of the crop, and then I taught leadership skills. I taught command voice. And, you know, then you were open to the world. So I had people coming in to observe my class, which turned, oh, I remember Captain Elwell was my commanding officer. She was a captain of Company L. And she said, well, are you ready for visitors? I said, oh, you know, I was so nervous. But, you know, it all went well.
0: And you shared with me you once had a fun auxiliary job when you first got commissioned.
1: I joined the Army to see the world, and I I, I did uh, see, see it to some extent because they had a band, and they needed a chaperone for the band. So I, as a brand-new second lieutenant, was their chaperone because I think they had some qualms about... Catherine Allen who was the band leader she you know her uniform was on just a little askew and her, her cap was on at a non-military angle so they they needed sort of a disciplinarian so I traveled with the band uh, in different to different locations different uh, posts in America, I cannot, you know, one post was like another because I, we never got off post. We always performed off post.
0: Sonia, you've previously mentioned some of the challenges of being stationed in Virginia during the 1950s. Can you share a bit of that?
1: See, my days in the Army were wonderful. And they were not very long. They were just 18 months. But Petersburg was not ready for integration so we were not we were forbidden to go to petersburg mixed race so i can remember one time you know i wasn't used to that i i integrated completely on post and i can remember i had this adorable black sergeant I, and i can't remember her name but i let's say she was patty come on we we need this and this because a supply officer Uh, And and, uh, let's go into town and get our supply and she said ma'am I don't and I'll never forget this I don't think that would be a good idea that we were forbidden to go in mixed and I suddenly realized out there was a different world and I was perfect I was really happy in our integrated world so Petersburg was not looked on by me as a friendly place. I don't think we even thought about a prejudice, and we, certainly not segregation, until we, you know, were sort of hit with it by not being able to go into town together. I, I mean, I loved being mixed up like that with races. You know, we were all mixed up in the barracks, sleeping you know I can't even remember you forget about races when you're mixed up like that
0: mm-hmm. and what year was this?
1: this was 1951
0: yeah if only Sergeant Patty were with us today I'd love to hear about her experiences you know from her point of view alright so let's switch gears you met a boy Bill who you later married
1: we met on uh Armed Forces Day in May. Oh. And we were married in November. He was a captain.
0: Oh, nice.
1: Yeah, I rose.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, you did. And what was Bill's reaction that you were a whack officer?
1: Well, we met at the Officers Club, so there was no question about, you know, we were both in uniform. Mm hmm. So. He knew what he was getting. And he, let's see, he was 27, I was 22. You know, we were both hotly in love, and uh, we were making and petting every chance we got. <laughs> so.
0: Uh, <laughs> Good for you.
1: You you know, I I need to see if there's anything written about the early white officers in the regular army. But, you know, my, my life has stayed full, and I've just never found time. And I'm not a research type, so I don't, you know, I don't know what kind of history I made, if any. And in the meantime, I got pregnant. If you got pregnant, married or not, you were out. So I was discharged after 18 months. That was my career. Well, I hadn't planned on being discharged. So it, it was a real, you know, I was sort of on the X list as far as the Women's Army Court was concerned.
0: If the policy had been different, would you have stayed in?
1: Oh, I had planned a career. But, of course, it was pretty exciting because then I was pregnant.
0: So you were discharged from the wax. Did motherhood become your new full-time job?
1: No. And I can remember my first job was selling yearbook encyclopedia. Well, okay, I'll never forget knocking on that first door. I was a massive protoplasm. <laughs> I was so nervous. And... Uh, after I sold 20 I would get my own set and then I quit I mean it was it was very stressful
0: yeah but, I would imagine it sounds stressful and dangerous <laughs> going to strangers well, homes
1: yeah but uh, it, you know in those days it, it wasn't
0: so, so Sonia uh, when was the last time you went to Fort Lee
1: well it would not too far off because on, I guess it was Armed Forces Day or something like that, it was some wax celebration in the WAC Museum. Have you been there?
0: No, I haven't, but I'll visit next time I'm out there.
1: Yes. That was fun visiting the museum. I donated a pair of my winter underpants because they were. OD, and it had a little wool in them, but it went down to our knees.
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, when you're in a parade and it's practically snowing, they felt good.
0: (laughs) Sure. Sonia, if a young woman came up to you today and asked you about joining the military, what would you say to her?
1: I'd say, go for it. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I love that.
1: But see, <laughs> I mean, I had nothing but pluses. Nothing is 100% wonderful. But you, uh, the total is what you look at. And, I, you know, you can tell by my life. I've just had an exciting, blessed life. I feel like I've enjoyed everything I've done, <laughs> In, including marrying and having children and traveling.
0: And Sonia, that's the goal, right? To have an exciting life and enjoy the experiences. Thank you so, so much for sharing your story.
1: Well, more power to you. Uh,
0: thank you. Melissa.
1: Thank you. Uh, well, <laughs> I mean, I have enjoyed this.
0: I have too, Sonia. Thank you again. And thank you for listening. If you're a veteran in crisis or are concerned about one, contact the Veterans Crisis Line at 800-273-8255, option one, or visit veteranscrisisline.net. Confidential support is available 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year.